Are we episode five? What episode are we? Yeah. Shockingly yeah. enough, we have done a month's worth of episodes. So this is a monumentous occasion that we've done a, a month's worth of episodes and we've got our first guest on. So I think we all deserve a round of applause. From Paul. Oh, we don't really. Round of applause. <laughs> yeah. That was the worst round of applause I've heard in that dialogue. It was just me. Then went <laughs> Literally to slightly clap and then realised no one was joining in. So did that like lonely friend move of pretending that he was. Like, <laughs> just like the <laughs> slow <laughs> clap. Just like the, yeah, just the, yeah, no, I wasn't clapping. You were clapping. <laughs> right, let's crack on. So I'll begin. Shall I? I'll introduce. We're episode five. We're episode five. <clears throat> Let me just clear my throat. Uh, okay, guys, episode five of the Gym Twats podcast. We've actually managed to string together more than a month's worth of recordings. Unbelievable. Anyway, today we've got our first guest on, Paul Standall, uh, formerly Body by Control, but you'll all know him now as Paul underscore the Muscle Mentors. So congratulations there on, on your new job, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Um, for those that don't know Paul, he's a maths and physics teacher. Uh, <laughs> also, Primary school level. Yeah, yeah, Who also dabbles in lifting weights and teaching other people how to lift weights. Uh, a lot better than we do. So, uh, Paul, anything you'd like to add there? Anything interesting about you? Any, uh, anything twatish? that you tend to do that would uh that yeah, basically what makes you a gym twat that's the what key question here gym twat? there we go i like to tuck my vest into my bottoms when i'm training and i think that's that's a pretty smooth move that's very that's yeah yeah i agree with that rich's face right now amazing i during lockdown i've trained in faded jeans and a vest so <laughs> early 90s style and i'm perfectly happy with that good i think it needs bringing to be back the golden era yeah. like really am. you do you you do Thanks, you mate. it's locked down there's no one there happen. it's just me it's fine exactly. anything goes i'm training up a body why can't i do it in jeans go fuck yourselves exactly. <laughs> one of my uh one of my best mates once when i was on my stag do in uh latvia he was wearing a jumper and he came downstairs we were in a strip club and he was wearing a jumper and he came down. He was like, oh, it's, it's really hot in here. And we were like, well, take your jumper off. And he took his jumper off and he had his T-shirt tucked in. And everybody was like, who the fuck tucks their T-shirt in? And he's like, what? You don't tuck your T-shirt in. He's like, you guys are the weird ones. And then I was kind of thinking, well, you might have a point here because it keeps everything nice and you're not faffing. So then I, had, then I was questioning myself of, whether we should be tucking t-shirts in under jumpers or not. This is what you're no. thinking in a strip club in Latvia. I was going to say, yeah. You're stagged in. Mate, it sounds right. If you, see, if you see the strippers in Latvia, especially the one we were in, you'd be thinking the same thing. <laughs> Love it. Oh, Outstanding. Um, this is the best start to a podcast I've been on so far, lads. I'm fucking... We're best to start asking you some questions then. I want more stories. This is way better. The amount of uh, messages I got, all three of them. <laughs> people keep asking me. Uh, yeah. Well, I've had so many questions, guys. I just can't keep up. 
all three of them were people that mate i'm with you on the on the serious mass to mutant mass thing once you yep, reach a level of lifting um but no we'll get into some questions so i mean obviously paul you're uh very heavily into exercise mechanics which which we like we we've studied that stuff and we're into it as well you've gone and taken it uh, a big step further not turn this phone off fucking amateur around here and I've not turned WhatsApp off on my laptop. Welcome to the quality that is Jim Swatch podcast. Um, obviously, you you you've taken it a, a a step further, and you're you're very heavy into trying to teach people the physics and the maths and what we're actually looking at and breaking down when it comes to movements, etc. Sounds which, so sexy when you put it that way, doesn't yeah, it? it? Doesn't sound it, like a boring topic on earth. If you're into exercise, I mean, it is, it's super fun and it's super interesting, but it's at the same time, when you're somebody that feels like they understand mechanics and then they watch you break down a TRX row and do the maths behind it, you then start to question yourself uh, again. So what kind of led you down that rabbit hole of, I really want to look into the maths more. And do you, for the for the average trainer, we know that they the exercise mechanics is important and they should understand certain stuff, joint health, muscle function, etc. Sure. Do you feel like it's necessary to go that deep with the maths and the physics, or has this purely come out of your own enjoyment for numbers? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's necessary. Like I've, I don't think a client is ever likely to come up to me and ask for the cosine of an angle and what that means for, a, you know, then they're not. Um, it's, it's one of those things where you go, if you get into this at a certain level, as with most stuff, answers to some questions just open up more questions. And then you're like, mm -hmm. okay, well, all right, now what? And so you learn the kind of standardized exercise mechanics stuff. I think everyone here has done Integra, so RTS kind of style things and mm -hmm. and that opens your eyes to a whole world of shit that you were just didn't know was a thing and then you feel like a moron for having gone as long you know i spent like eight years or whatever it was as a pt before i discovered what these things were and that was an embarrassing realization that i couldn't explain why a lat raise was hardest at the top of the lat raise compared to the bottom i was like fuck i, I actually don't know um and so you, you go through all that and frankly just going through the rts and the integra stuff will make you an awesome trainer and you you don't need to know center of mass equations and kinetic equations and all these kinds of stuff. But as I was curious for finding more answers, I found most of the industry was going much more down the side of trying to understand the anatomy side of things, right? Mm -hmm. I, to be boring for a second, think of what we do really as applying forces to anatomy. So then you should know two things pretty well forces and anatomy and so everyone gets balls deep into the anatomy stuff and you know i'm pretty sure all of us went and bought a skeleton i've got one kind of behind me attached balloons to it yeah, yeah right you do all that kind of weird shit that when people come around you're like have you got a skeleton in your room and you're like yeah sh let's pretend that's not there and just get naked <laughs> on the bed it's fine like he's fine just leave him be and so you know you, and absolutely you should go down that road the road of understanding anatomy not just being weird in the bedroom well you can go down that road if you like um and so <laughs> but then i started having say again the chair that josh is in it's got straps on the back can you turn it into a set <laughs> it does look like a, again. <laughs> the most ridiculous chair i've ever seen someone have in their bedroom it looks like he's trying to pretend he's in hawaii it's great instead yeah. Just really looks like a wanker, really. Like, who chills out in that chair? Wow. Um, 
<laughs> so anyway, so it would, I then had other questions though about like, okay, I get that this movement is harder here and easier here. I get the rough idea of that. I understand what these moment arm things are and things, but I wanted to know like a bit more specifically, well, how much does it increase or decrease? And what happens when that object starts moving and all that kind mm. of stuff? And I was just looking around. I was like, I can't find anywhere in the fitness industry that answers those questions. And so that led really down, okay, these are physics questions. So if you, if you start looking up kinematics and the study of motion, you realize that, oh, you're looking at Newton. And so it was then spending time on Khan Academy and watching a dude called Walter Lewin do lectures on YouTube and buying physics textbooks and doing, I didn't know anything about algebra. Like I had a B at GCSE maths, but I was annoyed that I didn't know the answer to some of these questions. Then you realize, oh crap, I've got to learn math stuff. And this language, because physics is just spoken about in a language that is mathematics. And yeah. so it was just going through those things, but it was always driven by, well, why then? You know, we say that we lift less weight on the leg press than if we're squatting, depending on the angle. But like, how do I calculate that? How do I know that? Why is that true? Those yeah. answers are physics answers. And so it was, it was that curiosity that led me to that. Mm. And the one thing I would say, while it's not necessary, it does increase your confidence and security in the answers you give. Like if yeah. someone wants to challenge me on why that's the case, I don't care how many PhDs they've got. I'll demonstrate and show you precisely with the maths and then with a physical demonstration, because I'm not interested in just putting fucking algebra on a whiteboard. I want to get a toy out and I want to start playing with it and showing you that that shit on that whiteboard just describes reality perfectly. So that <laughs> the prediction is it's this much. Let's test it. Is it this much? Yes, it's exactly this much. Okay, so if you want to disagree with me, go fuck yourself. You're wrong and I can show you in two minutes. <laughs> Right. And so that security is, is that I find at least very kind of useful for uh, yeah. an affirmation you want to be able to give to people on a long term yeah. basis. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. so many of us in the industry, you get like a little insecure about your answers. And the great thing with physics is it's, it's black and white. It's yeah. like it's either this or it's not. Yeah. And so that's a cool thing, at least for me, to be able to go yeah. back. You can't argue with maths. You can't argue with numbers <laughs> unless you've done the, the maths wrong, of course. <clears throat> so, yeah, exactly. Basically, you've got yourself a fallback for when Kasim at N1 says that you're wrong uh, simply because of the fact you didn't do his course and you did RTS instead. Here we go. Uh, you can actually say, well, I like that. It's, it's, that's, this guy's thinking, this guy's too stupid. There we yeah. are. That's lawsuit number one ticked off for the public. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's, let's just rattle through this. No, so the, uh, the, I did a breakdown of a, an exercise called a rack chin that was a response to... I met. Well, we're naming people here, so let's go with it. To Paul Carter. Yeah, we don't care. Like, yeah. what are we gonna do? <laughs> who does a load? Go for it. You know, let's make a list. Huh? Uh, Paul Carter was he was he really polite and like quite considerate in his response? Super polite and considerate. He's the friendliest shaved gorilla I've ever seen in my entire life. And he, but well, he put up this thing being like the rack chin is a great back exercise because it's got a really nice profile for pulling and so for pulling profiles we want something that gets easier as we shorten the back right okay fine well does the rack chin do that and I, I looked at this i was like i don't think it does i'm pretty sure it doesn't do that first of all anyone who's ever done a rack chin kind of goes no. it doesn't feel like yeah. get it. <laughs> feels easiest at the bottom and like it's hardest at the top which is the opposite yeah. to what he's kind of claiming so i was like let's well let's go and look at this so 
went and did did the maths on on that stuff to, to figure that out, which I won't bore anyone with because it wouldn't make any sense unless you can see it anyway. Mm. I was like, right, I'm pretty sure that doesn't. I then went into the gym the next day and got like scales and stuff out and shifted my center of mass around in the way that the maths would predict it should do it. And lo and behold, it changes just as you kind of would expect it to. And so from yeah. all that, you can go, yeah, the reaction doesn't fucking drop off when you get to the top. What are you on about? <laughs> but I bet his response to that was, I don't care about your maths, you're a dick. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I haven't bothered actually interacting with him about because too many of my friends have had shitty interactions. I'm like, I can't be asked. Mate, I, 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 fair I, enough. I, I got it. I, I had a string of DMs with... Kasim about why banded RDLs do fuck all for the glutes and he just used a string of very very long big words that when put together didn't make any sense um, to sound smart and then at the end of it just put you know oh I'd be happy to give you an insight into N1 to further your education I thought cool so you haven't really proved me wrong you've just jumbled a bunch of words together to sound cool and then you've gone and plugged your course just which... um just sat there with a thesaurus like yeah, he's, he's literally mouthfucked a thesaurus and just went oh. <laughs> here we go hey, would you like a discount to N1 by any chance but I think even if he was right the way that, it, that people like this just completely discredit other courses, I wouldn't want to sign up to it anyway. Um, yeah, it, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you go like, okay, you don't, I don't want to discredit or disagree with like everything he says because I, I wouldn't disagree with everything he says. No, neither would I. Stuff where I'm right. like, oh, that's right, that's yeah. fair, that's good. Yeah. And then there's other bits where I'm like, hmm, that's not cool. And then there's just this, what seems to be to be like, Kind of hypocrisy sometimes because some of the shit you'll see come out on stories and this advocation of being willing to change your mind and entertaining stuff and making things simple for people to understand i'm like if you don't do any of that yourself you <laughs> fuck right like you're the antithesis of all of those arguments and i've had dms myself with that and i've got enough examples from other people where i'm like what's he on about like <laughs> it's a funny world isn't it you got a banded RDL, but guys, you're not considering the photosynthesis, so <laughs> so I'm right, <laughs> unfortunately. Hemodynamics, that's what, that's what the shit always comes down to. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is interesting. It almost, like, in some respects, it almost, you sometimes think, I kind of wish that I was just completely, I just didn't know any of this stuff, and then you don't end up in these arguments with people. You end up in kind of like a who's got the bigger dick contest with uh, with exercise mechanics but i think that it, it's important that you that you've said that it's not like an, a necessity for trainers to know it all because i think sometimes what because i've had this with coaches in the past before where i think it's important but like you were saying yeah it dependent on the angle of a hack squat or, or a leg press the weight's going to change but does why 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 should we care about that at the end of the day we want you to to lift with good form heavy and get some sort of stimulus about it how many plates you have on the side of the machine is completely irrelevant more plates, um, more plates mate so don't know what you're on about more plates more yeah. plates. that's just a fact exactly so the only time that you could that you know you could ever really use it is if someone's like oh fucking smashed 20 plates on the hack squat and if you really hate <laughs> person you could go well, yeah, well <laughs> and that's what's like this if you really hate the person <laughs> yeah. go stick those 20 plates on the cybex hack and then come yeah, back yeah. To i think you'll find that's only 50 percent of what you think it is dickhead so. yeah like, okay, <laughs> no, i really don't care 
Um, but it is it is good for for I think a lot of coaches out there to recognise that you as you eventually get to a point where you're you're really only diving into this stuff so deep for your own learning and, and satisfaction to an extent. Um, because when I train clients one to one in the gym, I don't I use half of the stuff that that Michael's taught me, and that's fine for those people in time. Like a lot of guys, you don't need to band a leg press for them because they've not got the skill to even move a leg press without a band so you don't necessarily need it but I think when a client comes you're like oh that feels a bit off that doesn't feel quite comfortable then you can kind of use your knowledge of profiles joint forces etc to alter things and make it better rather than scratching your head and going well I don't know what to do now that's when it really kind of comes into play but but also like having, you know, if you've got a new client, especially let's say we're talking about coaching someone online and they're, you know, they've got minimal gym experience. Well, you asking them to take multiple daisy chains and carabiners and bands and like a gimp mask to the leg press and set it all up is like, it's super unnecessary. And I'm going to need you to film that and send it back to me. It's like yeah. most people feel kind of self-conscious and don't know what they're doing anyway. Mm, you yeah. adding a shitload of things to it is just like, super unnecessary people have been getting in shape for ages it's not like this you can't get in shape without an understanding of these things that's horseshit that's not what it's about and and most people go down these kind of routes with plenty of stuff whether that's how you go down the route of nerding out on nutrition and like super weird details and chemical pathways only to realize it doesn't make a fucking blind bit of difference to your client who works in accounts and eats a pret like that's not going to make any difference really to what they're doing but you end up going through that thing. There's, there's an old Bruce Lee line for it. It's like, when I first learned a punch, I thought that a punch was just a punch. And then I learned a little bit more and I realized that a punch was not just a punch. And then I kept learning and I realized that a punch was just a punch. And I think we mm. see that same kind of process yeah. for all of this stuff. It's like, simplicity is often the mark of intelligence. And that is yeah. an argument we can counter things like Cass's vernacular fucking fuckery with. And fucking fuckery is a good phrase. Um, <laughs> but equally, well, you don't know how simple to make something until you've really explored the complexity of it to yeah. come back to where you kind of were, because you could be making it way simpler than it should be, in which case you're being an idiot. And you can't know that without walking this annoyingly long path through complexity back to where you yeah. started. I think, the, I think the kind of the real art is knowing when to use it. Mm -hmm. And I think we've all been there. I mean, I did it. The first time I did an RTS course, I went back to train my gen pop clients. I was like, right, so I did this course at the weekend. And basically everything we've been doing is completely wrong. So I've bought some cuffs. I've got some bands. Um, we're not going to train on the barbell or the dumbbells anymore. We're strictly <laughs> going to hog the cable stack for the next hour. Yep. Yeah. So, you know. And that's cool because it's exciting and it's something new that you've learned. But then I think once you do a couple of them and you explore it a bit more and then you kind of sit back and think, you realise that the real art in in coaching and, and knowing exercise mechanics is, like we said, when to use it. When do I want to apply this stuff and when do I want to hold back? Um, and I like for me personally, it generally comes down to if people have got like slight niggles and injuries um or if something just looks off like if i've got a client that's got really bad knees and but we want to train some kind of knee flexion and we say we want to and the leg press ends up being the machine that we we choose to go on 
I might want to deload it at the bottom to save yeah. their knees because we know that's where the most force is going to be applied and then it will get heavy as they go through. Cool. That's when I'll apply bands to it. But if I've got some bloke that's want to come in, he's got no injuries, he want to he wants to lift nice and heavy. I'm not going to bother banding it too much until we get to a certain point where he stops progressing. Yeah. I'm just going to make sure he does it with a good tempo, good form, he's connecting well and he's not fucking himself up. I do find it how interesting how um, the industry very much like shifted towards like trying to optimize the profile of every exercise. And then we just kind of skipped over like the skill requirements of the exercise yeah. and whether or not that exercise actually fit the individual in the first place. And it's like profiles like quite important, but it's quite far down the list, especially when you deal with general population clients on, like, on a daily basis, like you said. Yeah, I think for me, it's the same as, same as you guys kind of said there. It's like, okay, if I'm working around an injury or a niggle, or if you've got someone who's got like a body part that they struggle to grow, things like that become super useful yeah. in, uh, yeah. in the toolbox. But otherwise, yeah, it doesn't have to change that much. You get, oh, you start to get probably, I think most people who've gone through this get an appreciation for tempo more than they used to have and mm -hmm. path of motion. And then the rest is kind of detail stuff that knowing when to be able to use that in a discriminatory manner that actually is appropriate for your client is is the the skill. Yeah, you, um, you know, as as you've kind of educated yourself a little bit more on like exercise mechanics and like integrous process, because of the courses, they're very hands on. Like you're very much like in the gym trying things out. There is obviously a theory behind it. Have you been able to adapt that quite well to like your online coaching where you're you're not really with your clients very much and your interaction is basically like this through video where you're getting kind of one one plane of motion? Have you found that to be like better or worse or just kind of more or less the same? Actually, these are far too serious questions for uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean... I want to know the answer to this one. Yeah, that's that's, I think with, with online people, obviously a lot of the hands-on manual manipulations that you can start to do that make the personal training experience super cool once you've been through RTS style things. Yeah, you can't do this. <laughs> people are online. So you're, what it does, at least for me, become useful for is exercise analysis. So when they're sending videos back, knowing just how to draw on them a little bit and to be like, okay, here's the thing. Here's your moment arm for this. Here's why that's slightly out of position. I've got that skeleton again behind me that we can kind of pull out and move him around a little bit and go, right, this is actually the position I want you to get into. And maybe we can attach some balloons and demonstrate where that muscle wants to pull and why we'd line it up that way and how they can tweak it. But even that is dependent on the client. Like if I've got a client who is a, is a coach themselves and wants to nerd out on some shit, cool, we can go into some detail and some complexity. If they're a newbie, maybe I just go like, okay, can you just hinge over just a little bit more? And if they don't know what hinge over, maybe I just go, okay, could you just bend over a little more? I want this bit to kind of be here. Yeah. And like pointed it and so they can see what's going on on my screen. And you're just trying to tweak those things. And then, then you might layer it on. Like I've got a client in India, Lalitha, who, you know, she's been with me since, I don't know, October kind of time and struggle to grow her glutes on one side, has some other kind of issues going on that we were working around. And so for her on that kind of leg press thing, it was to begin with, all right, let's just find out how do we assess active range at a distance? Okay, and we have to explain that to her a little bit and kind of teach her through and she can find that, okay, that's cool. Is it the same side to side? So we're doing single leg versions of this and then controlling the tempo on that. And then once we got that up to speed and she was comfortable and confident with certain other things, eventually then layering in, Right, now let's actually band this and see what that thing is like and you know four months in i think it was something like that before we introduced a band to that kind of move like by that point she'd gotten used to using cuffs on a couple of things but they weren't in her first um exercise plans 
then she'd also gotten used to reverse banding like a Smith machine thing, because that's simpler to band for most people than a leg press. And then we, you know, layered that in to the point where she was like, you know, the first time she did the leg press, banded appropriately to the angle and eh, boring shit there. Because again, I don't want to freak someone out with all those things. Then when she got that, she was like, oh my crap, that was insane. The contraction of my quad was fucking nuts. And you're like, cool. But if we'd have thrown that all straight at her, straight out the gate, that's likely going to be overwhelming and unnecessary. Um, so it's, yeah. it's it's still that process of, of wandering them through. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I completely agree. The first time I remember the first time I started training with them, like Callum, and I was first introduced to these principles. Like my gym bag was just full of like four <laughs> different bands, three different daisy chains, cuffs. And like, I, I enjoyed it and I had the time yeah. to do it. So probably in a, a, the situational perspective, it wasn't as bad. But I can imagine like, give it to my client yeah here's this duffel bag of climbing gear go figure out how to train i'm not going to be there just put it on and then yeah, I'll, yeah. We'll, we'll see as we go along yeah <laughs> it is interesting isn't it? I, remember, I remember when i first started so uh luke was my first ever coach like three years ago or something like that and uh he's toned it down a lot now but i remember <laughs> i got when i got my training program it was literally written in latin <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like Luke at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and I hadn't I hadn't I hadn't studied any of this stuff. But I found it interesting, but I'd ne- I hadn't properly studied it. And I thought, well, if I want to learn this stuff, I'll I'll hire a coach, somebody that knows a bit more about it. And uh, yeah, I remember I got my program, and I had like clavicular cuffed cable flies in there, and the notes, like the notes, <laughs> out of some sort of anatomy Latin textbook. And I read this thing, I was like. Just gonna find a video on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, thing. Like, I, 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 I just think that I'm, I'm a relative. Like, I've, I've been in the game quite a while. I've been training for a long time. I've been a PT for a long time, and I am the biggest person on this podcast. So therefore, I clearly know <laughs> the most. It's very true, mate. Like, I've got these like weird six symmetrical lumps on my stomach that none of the other <laughs> lads have. Pretty sure they're tumors. Yeah, I think they're, they're <laughs> much like them as well. And like, and like, I read some of these posts that like guy, like guys, like you know, not necessarily just uh, like the guys on the muscle mentors, but other trainers have put out. And like, sometimes I read, I'm like, I'm struggling to grasp this. Mm. So what the fuck chance does Joe Public have of yeah. doing this? Because they're going to read this and just go, well, that makes no fucking sense to me. But I understand a bench press, so I'm going to go do that instead. And you I think a lot of this that. gets lost in translation. For sure. You have, like, that's one of the things I think most of the industry can do better is, you know, if people who are familiar with this have to sit down and figure out what the fuck you just said, you didn't say it well, right? Yeah. Like there's a better way. There's a simpler way. There's a funnier way. There's a more engaging way of saying all of those points. And I think that we've got this difficult conundrum that often intelligent people aren't always the best communicators of that. On, on the flip side, sort of charismatic people who are maybe kind of funny are very rarely that intelligent. And so it, it's actually <laughs> almost counter to some people's nature to be like, yeah, I want to write all these fucking Latin words for every insertion and bony landmark that no one's ever heard of. Uh, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. I get you want to nerd out on that. But the people consuming it just want to know what to do. So yeah. if your descriptions aren't what to do and they're not clear in the language for the person sitting in front of you, you're just mentally masturbating over your cool use of words. And that's not gonna help. So it's, how do we clarify those things so that they're simple 
and effective. And that I think is the next stage for a lot of this stuff in the industry. And that's something you're trying to do at the moment, isn't it? With your like physics. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. The the last thing I'd want it to be is like, you know, there's some parts that are inevitably going to be a dry ish, right? There's, there's no way I can write this little course without having a section on algebra, right? Mm -hmm. And going like, how do we rearrange algebra? But if you think I'm starting the course, with a lesson on algebra, you're insane because that'll be boring as fuck. And if I started on algebra, you're not going to the next lessons because you're like, what the shit is this, right? No, I want to start things with cool videos and explosions and nudity so that you're in and then we can get you into these bits where you're like, okay, now we'll learn the slightly boring bit. Cool, you're with me, right? Bring it back. If there's explosions and nudity, sign me up. Um, This is my plan. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of feel like the industry has kind of, just gone almost a full kind of 180 on itself because like it used to be the case of like meatheads who went to the gym used to like pick on bully and beat up nerds (laughs) now it's the other way around and now it's basically the meatheads have become the nerds yeah 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 and they've become the very thing that they hated and i I think it's it's an interesting transition The old Nietzsche line, you know, yeah, it's funny, fighting monsters, you yourself do not become a monster, was really written about gym bros becoming nerds. <laughs> but it's interesting though, isn't it? Because I mean, let's take, uh, let's take someone like Joe Bennett, for example, like loves bodybuilding. He loves the whole meathead thing, talks about it a lot. You know, heavy metal, DC shoes, lifting big weights. Like, that's what he's all about. But he's also very much into into the nerdy stuff. And when a lot of big blokes that love moving weights see a guy like him that they may idolise in some way. So, like, Joe's a fucking big bodybuilder. He's got a great physique. I want to look like him. And then they hear him talking about this stuff. They're like, okay, maybe it's not all faff. Um and I think sometimes it does take big bodybuilder physique blokes to talk about that to get the point across rather than like skinny fellas like me and Josh. One hundred percent. And like this is this is a problem that doesn't plague just the fitness industry. It's the problem of like, how do you assess a topic you know fuck all about? Like my yeah. car mechanic could make up parts of my car and yeah. tell me they were wrong. And I go, all right. Like, I don't know enough to know whether that's right or wrong. So we, we fall back on other proxies for whether we think that person is talking out of their ass or has something valuable. And one of those proxies is, is this dude big and jacked? Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. Right? So you, you, you need some of those big jacked dudes to be able to, you know, understand some of this stuff and then start explaining it in order to get a little bit of buy-in. And while that sounds sad, I don't have a fucking way around that. And I don't think anyone else in the industry does either. They just like I to do. It's called that. steroids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lots of them. Lots okay. of them. Lots of them. And Rich went know, straight in there. He was like, he's, like, he's had that in his corner, like, when do I mention it? When do I mention it? When do yeah. I just bring up gear, right? <laughs> so we need to go to, like, it's just the physics department of Oxford and Cambridge and just juice them the fuck up. And then we'll solve all these problems. We'll be fine. It would be like Space Jam when all the when all the little monsters turn into the monsters. <laughs> mate, I cannot remember that film. So that what? reference. Went. Oh, classic. oh, mate, come on. Like, I remember it being a thing, but I don't I couldn't tell you anything other than oh, mate, Bunny. You're telling me then Bugs Bunny and he they all drank Michael's special water, which was <laughs> clearly D-Ball. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god, I can't. Right, you're gonna have to watch. Space Jam. Uh, I need to rewatch Space Jam. Apparently. Wow. It was yeah. It was clearly some like early like you know chemical form of like songs or something like that. Definitely you juicing a lot. Of them. You think fucking? You think even back to Popeye? Like that was spinach. Yeah, that was not spinach. Oh, that was nah, not buying it. <laughs> yeah, why do you think he spoke that way? You know, you know, that was a side effect. His jaw had just grown that much from his behavior. <laughs> yeah, he had no choice but to slur. Right. So tell you what. Since you're, you're good at the whole like um, anatomy thing, and we're talking about like roided up juice heads, the dude who recently tore his peck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Larry Will seems to love fucking himself and other people up, doing stupid shit for the gram. Sure. Talk us through what he did and why it happened. Oh God! I mean, to be fair, I've only looked at stills from that video because I'm like fuck watch like i've seen it you know the image just before and the image just after where his peck is essentially on his sternum yeah and like just rolled up like the magic carpet in aladdin it was just <laughs> uh, so, so exactly why it happened i mean it looked he had a shitload of weight on there clearly and clearly exceeded some kind of tolerance he's got for doing that thing in there yeah like um, 180 incline bench press wasn't it I thought it was five plates yeah. or something like that. Was it, it was five, five plates? plates? Something like yeah, that. Yeah. It was a shitload of weight on an incline. You know, on like he's 30 in a degree incline with like his like, elbow out here. Yeah, so he's <laughs> in a position that is, is weak for the humerus. Whether we can say that's a definitive result of doing that, I don't think we can conclude that because too many people do incline benches and don't have that result. So to say that that's definitely the case. Is it a sensible move for him? I mean, certainly not by the outcome. Obviously <laughs> uh, not, no. You know, in, in terms of kind of what happened there, but then it would—you need to know a bit more. Like, how frequently does he bench at that angle? Like, how much, how big a jump in weight was this for him? Like, how fast did he lower the weight? And I refuse to have watched that because fuck that noise. So, like, to be, be fair, the eccentric is like ten seconds. Is it? Yeah, okay, really. It's so fucking heavy. You couldn't possibly move it quickly because it's so, it's so <laughs> heavy. I mean, it goes against some of the stuff where you'll hear occasionally people say, you know, your nervous system won't let you do certain dumb things. Like, oh, yeah? <laughs> Wash me. <laughs> Hell, <that's him>. <laughs> <laughs> like, it seemed to let him do that to the point that his peck fell off. Like, that's a, that's a pretty aggressive outcome. It, it, I, it's just something I don't understand. It's like, you're a bodybuilder. You train for hypertrophy. Surely you know that a 1RM is going to do fuck all for you in terms of your goals of being a bodybuilder like you it's pure ego lifting and the fact think, that think people of it this donate way, surgery that, that fucks me off even well, of course it's ego lifting but you don't think bodybuilding is ego lifting he's got you there mate he's really got you there like like well part of that is surprising the whole thing is based on look how good i look naked oh which I'm going to bet is the exact reason every single one of us here got into lifting in the first place. 100%. I wanted <laughs> yeah. to get laid. That was the whole point. That's still I love it when people, point. yeah. When people are like, oh, yeah, I, I, I started going to the gym because I wanted to, like, better myself and I wanted to challenge myself. It's like, mm. no, you didn't. Yeah. You went to the gym because you like girls and girls like guys with muscles. Okay. Yeah, and the only other explanation to that is you like guys, and guys like guys with muscles. They are two <laughs> options. 
You want to <laughs> put your dick in something or have a dick put in you. And you decided <laughs> the best way to do this was to resemble Thor slash Conan the Barbarian slash Channing Tatum slash whoever else. And like, that's, that's the way that shit goes. And it's like, it that's works. not surprising. It works, by the way. Yeah, it fucking works. Like people <laughs> want to say this sometimes as though like, you know, how you look should have nothing to do with how you feel about yourself. And that's oh, all fucking shit. Go. As a slightly like chunky teenager with bad skin, I'll tell you, chicks didn't play with my Johnson back then. And that was a bit of a bad day in the office for me. And it turns out that when I got myself in shape, more of them seemed willing to do that. And I was pretty happy about that outcome. So I don't know what the fuck they're on about. And also, this is, this is the thing why I'm always a big fan of the bench press and the squat and deadlift because no girl in a bar has ever asked me what I can get on a, on a Bravo stack. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. What's your, what's your cuffed cable fly? You know, what, what can we, can you put up on that? To be fair, I don't oh. think a girl has ever. You bias the clavicular portions. <laughs> you know, no one gives a shit. A girl is just going to ask you how much can you bench? And then the we tell her, that, like, she's going to go, Ooh, hee, hee, hee. You know, that's it. it's, it's so simple. Like, it's just, it, you can't get that with going, oh, well, actually, I don't squat because the resistance profile. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, though, I, don't ever, I don't think I've ever had a girl ask me what I lift. It's always dudes. <laughs> yeah, you get that as well. It's yeah, never, it's like, never, you know, never yeah, I know. You're like, oh, this isn't what I thought would happen. And if you're, comparing, uh, if you're comparing Max Lifts on the Bravo, you'd need to ask if it's a two-to-one two or a one, one, four-to-one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We can't be comparing. Like it's a pro w. or a standard. Yeah, you, you know, there's too many questions. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of questions coming off this, Rich. Like, it's not a simple question to ask here. <laughs> it's just not, it's not a sexy question to ask. <laughs> really not a sexy question to ask. No, far from it. Although it is quite funny, though, when someone's like, how much do you bench? You go, oh, I don't bench press. And then it kind of kills the conversation. And yeah, they look at you like <laughs> dead right there. Fuck you. Yeah, you that's go, it. I'm just uh, going to take my cranberry juice and go sit over there. <laughs> uh, well, you like, how much can I bench? Well, I have a lot of videos on my phone of me doing that. Would you like <laughs> to see all of them? <laughs> oh, right. We'll, um, we'll move on uh, now that we've, we've covered that. So, what have we I mean, <laughs> what have we covered? What have we covered? <laughs> we actually know. What have we covered? We've gone off on a tangent. What a surprise! No, that's that's, that's, that's a, what a shock. We've covered bench press and don't do what Larry Reels is. Reels. Larry Reels. Larry Reels. Three-year-old friend did. Um, and if you donated to his surgery, please don't tune in again. Yeah, please just like. Oh, you could have. Yeah. You could have donated to cancer research. But instead, you donated to a muppet who was doing stupid shit on the gram. Oh, you guys are, you guys are harsh here. Did you actually donate? Is that why you're getting a bit? Uh, edgy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, you know, I'm no, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the cancer comparison. <laughs> like, just you could have donated to dying children, but instead, yeah. you wanted to donate to this Jack bodybuilder. Donated to a man's pec surgery. And you know oh. what? The problem is now he's not going to learn his lesson. That's the problem. He's not going to learn his lesson because he's, he's going to be doing stupid shit again. And it's like that website is for like you know kids with fucking horrible diseases in like so they can buy like special wheelchairs and shit. Not because you're a fucking moron who is doing stuff for likes on Instagram and so he can promote his new fucking twelve week ebook that's going to be 
dipshit bullshit stupidest stuff anyway. Can you tell that Richard's been dying to talk about the subject? Apparently. <laughs> oh, no, it, it boils my piss What's every about? time. And this is why I have this love-hate relationship with social media, because it's full of fucking weasels. It boils my piss. Is a great it's, yeah, it's full of just like... Because like you've got the guys who are on gear who are kind of sensible about it, and then you've got the guys who just do dumb shit because they're on gear, but no, never want to like give it any kind of like, oh yeah, the reason I can do this stupid stuff <laughs> yeah. and you know kind of recover from it is because maybe I'm taking this stuff, which is actually a massive anti-inflammatory, uh, and now I'm paying the piper because I keep thinking I can do stupid shit because I'm awesome and not because of all the fucking roids I'm on. He's not the lens lesson now. He's not the lens lesson. They just let you train harder, bro. That's all it is. They don't do anything else. Like Not dedicated. <laughs> There's a difference between pain Not and dedicated. Injury. Anyway, tangent again. What are we talking about now? Let's talk about something unknown. Next topic. And you might want you could use this in one of your fitness rant videos if you want, Paul. Uh, we'll we'll take a, a referral fee of some kind. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'll send you an we were going to talk about the, the whole um, when the industry jumps on a certain bandwagon right. that, they've, that they've never covered before in their entire lives. And I think, like, Rich, you're, you're obviously a massive advocate of, 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 of mental health and you've, you've spoken about it quite a lot very honestly because of your own because of your own guys, he's just taking his shirt off and just flex you dare me to you dare me to tell everyone he's daring me he's daring me <laughs> <laughs> you're crazy you're crazy Paul I'm just going to turn Richard's but you video see this off. yeah did you see that <laughs> but something that really grinds our gears and it's a topic that came up was when anything that comes up on social media that becomes big, whether it, it might be Black Lives Matter, it might be world mental health, male suicide, that sort of stuff. All of a sudden, as soon as it becomes in the public eye, everybody jumps all over it and they've never spoken about it in their lives. They don't care about it. They've never spoken about it before. You go on their posts and it's all about them, not about anybody else. And then you have one day, you have one day that's dedicated to it and they're all over it. Like, oh, guys, yeah, I stubbed my toe once and I was really sad for a while. Like, mental health is a real thing. <laughs> you have to don't. stay relevant, Ben. You have to Just stay relevant. Don't talk about it. It, it winds <laughs> us up. And it, it, it was at 80 at Third Space when the whole Black Lives Matter thing came out. Everyone was posting that black square. And three months later... He did a post. He was like, remember yeah. that black square thing that you posted yeah. three months yeah. ago? Like, I bet you've forgotten about it now, haven't you? And I bet you don't, you don't, you haven't educated yourself. You don't give a shit anymore because it's now not in the, in the public eye. You've gone back to um, lynching people. You just don't care. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the fitness industry is terrible for it. I yeah. swear. When I go on social media during one of these days, is it all these coaches banging on about it? Like, Oh, um, if you're struggling mentally, go for a walk. You don't. <laughs> you know, you cannot. Give, <laughs> yeah, you cannot give advice about this stuff. You know, fuck all about it, and you don't care. Like bandwagon coaching, what winds me up, and Rich, I'm sure it winds you up even more. I'm, I'm this close, but I'm ready. I'm ready to go, mate. 
<laughs> you've literally you just like you literally just wound the fucking box up. Just go. Just <laughs> and go. I'm just ready to like, right. This fucking shit pisses me off so fucking much. This is just like Peter Griffin's. You know what really grinds my gears? It is. It is. This this is not a but it. It already grinds my gears. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't just grind my gears. It, like I said before, it boils my piss, but it boils it to the point where it evaporates and forms piss clouds, which then (laughs) shower down on everyone. Okay, it boils my piss to that extent. And the mental health thing really fucking pisses me off because mental health is like has become this like cool fucking thing to talk about. Mm. And it's like cool, hey guys, I've got anxiety. Ha ha. And it's like, no, if you've got anxiety, it isn't fucking cool. It's really fucking horrible. I had anxiety recently. I stopped eating, I lost six kilos in two weeks. That isn't fucking cool. Okay. And it's just like and it's like, guys, it's good to talk, but don't talk to me uh, unless you want to buy something. Um, because I don't want to talk to you because I'm positive vibes only. And it's just like this idea that, like, guys, like, you know, if you're feeling really shit, uh, go for a run or just exercise. It's like, yes, I do all of that. Funny enough, it isn't a cure. Uh, it's actually, believe it or not, a bigger fucking issue. And it just like the way that they just this reductionist idea that people have on social media that you can cure something as a mental health illness just by going for a fucking run. And then this this idea they 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 oh they're gonna talk to their followers and go, guys, this is this is really important because like, you know, mental health, yeah, and like, yeah, like you know, like, yeah, like it's like really important, yeah, like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I haven't able to get a haircut in, like, you know, like, like yeah, like, eight weeks, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's important, yeah? So just, like, check on your mates and, uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And just, no, fuck off. Like, you're not even, you're not adding anything. You're not putting anything. You're not, not helping anyone. You're just diluting the message. And you are just basically invalidating the real lived experience of anyone who's actually suffered from genuine poor mental health. And like I said, it's become this cool little thing. It's this zeitgeist thing that everyone wants to talk about, but no one really wants to get into the really insidious part of what mental health does. And the fact that me as a 34 year old man for the next 16 years of my life, the most thing that is likely to kill me is myself. Yeah. that isn't cool yeah. it's not fun it's not like you talk about it and like oh world mental health day here's a picture of me in my bikini on a beach or here's me in my fucking like you know in my rig out it's like no it's not it's not cool it's not sexy stop trying to make it sexy mm. because it fucking isn't it literally kills people and it's yeah. just like i don't know people had this really yeah. fucking weird approach to it and yeah it was when all the gyms got closed for lockdown, I feel like the mental health thing, it all, it became a bit of a tagline, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very much. It, it, it was like, it, we know that, that for a lot of people going to the gym and exercising keep, keeps them, helps keep their mind clear and whatever. But it, it became that thing where it's, oh, if we use mental health as, as the thing that gets the gym opens, then that, then that will, that will really, really help. It's like, yeah, but, there's physical health as well going to the gym keeps you keeps you healthy physically yeah. you know it gets you out of the house stops you arguing with your missus all the time um 
but it's because we're mental health. There are we, Ben? <laughs> yeah, it's not very personal here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because like mental health is such like a big topic. I feel like it's like oh, if we tap into mental health and we use that all the time, that'll get the gyms open a lot. Yeah, it can certainly yeah. become a, a usable tactic for manipulation, essentially. But I think. So my own background, so I had uh, OCD and went through a bunch of medication, a bunch of CBT for obsessive compulsive disorder. And, I, you know, that's about six years ago for me, so I'm 32. But from sort of 26 through to about 28 was, was a super difficult time in that. Like I, if, if that's what life had to be like for the rest of my life, there's no way I'd have carried on living it. Like it wasn't worth doing those things. But the problem when often people speak about mental health is they lack any specificity. Like people don't latch on to a story that is as vague a description as, oh, I suffer with mental health. No, 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 no. What, what specifically do you struggle with? Like, yeah. what about being tormented by your brain and that inability to escape that one place that is you, that no matter what you do, the only solace you get is sometimes when you're asleep, because from the moment you open your eyes, your brain is tormenting you. Or for me, mine was relationship-based, which makes me a wonderful catch as a boyfriend, don't go me wrong, uh, <laughs> right? But like, what is it like to not be able to shake off this thought of like, I bet my partner is cheating on me, or I bet that I'm not good enough, or I'm not lovable enough, and to have that thought occur to you 2,000 times a day, and to not know how to kind of deal with that. And so, you know, during client sessions, you might take yourself off to the disabled toilet on the gym floor, because you, you know, you needed a piss, but that's not true. You're just going to go and cry and make whale noises near the bin. And like, if you want to talk about specifics of those things, like people latch on to stories, and stories have to be specific. It doesn't, it's not enough to say, oh, I struggle with mental health or even anxiety or even depression because none of those are specific. None of those let anyone hearing that go, oh, I get that. And that matters. Now, here's another difficult part of mental health discussions. Obsessive compulsive disorder is not cured by talking about it. And so when people <laughs> want to say that mental health requires discussion, there are types of mental health problem where that will actively make it worse. My treatment CBT for OCD is built on the thing that the more you talk about it, the more you give credence to the idea that there is something important about this thought that you're having, that it matters. And classic CBT builds on techniques where you challenge your thoughts, you put them on trial a little bit, you see if there's any evidence for what you believe and what you feel and what you often find is, no, you've just made up this random story at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday afternoon that your girlfriend's definitely sucking off a dude in the coffee shop or whatever's going on. Because, and the reason you've come to that conclusion is because she hasn't messaged you back for 33 seconds. Like you, these are the things that you'll do. So classic CBT actually makes OCD worse, which is not a conversation people want to have. They want to keep hearing that talking about it always helps. And I'm here to tell you from a person who went through that one that it doesn't. But you might not get to that point if you can't go and talk to your doctor or to a therapist or to someone else to even acknowledge that you have a problem. So if we think there's a difficulty here. It's a, these are hard conversations. They're not super simple, easy ones. I can't tell you that just talking about it will solve your problem. I can't tell you that going for a walk will solve your problem. I can't tell you going to the gym will solve your problem. Didn't solve any of mine. And I did all of those things. Didn't help one fucking iota. But that doesn't mean it won't help someone else's ever so slightly because I don't know what's contributing to yours and nor does anyone else on social media. Like when you yeah. see these fucking platitude bollocks sounding lines like i see you no you fucking don't no you fucking don't you can't you've just put up a word because you thought it sounded nice but fuck you that doesn't mean anything that's so easy to say and it's such bullshit it's vapid it's vacuous it's shite 
And yet you're like, yeah, but now I'm a good person. No, you're fucking not, right? Yeah. Do you know how hard it is to see someone, like to really listen to what they're saying and, and try and see the world through their eyes and have any semblance of an idea of what might help that? Requires a shitload of work. You can't just put it in an Instagram post at the end of your yoga sentence. Go fuck yourself. That's not going to be the case. You, we need specificity and detail on these types of conversation if they're to mean anything whatsoever. And then we also need, here's another one. I remember back, I have no real problems talking about my own problems and, and experiences with these things. I wrote articles about it. I wrote books about it. I did plenty of shit about it. It doesn't really affect me anymore. And so it doesn't feel particularly difficult to talk about. Um, but, you know, I wrote a, a post on one of the World Mental Health Days years ago uh, of the importance of being open to some degree and allowing yourself to be vulnerable because well, without that, you can't begin a process of change often. Like you have to admit there's something wrong if you want to kind of change anything. And that got plenty of love, like hundreds of likes and shares and, and just an outpouring. And the next day I did a post on the importance of strength because it is one thing to say, I am vulnerable, I am struggling and all these things. But I'll tell you this, if you don't combine that with a determination that life could be better and could get better and the, the drive to get up even when you are struggling as much as you can, you require that strength. Vulnerability by itself is not a virtue. A vulnerability is a weakness by definition. The Death Star had a vulnerability and it wasn't good that it had one. Now you're human, so you've got these inescapable vulnerabilities and you have to accept them and you have to live bravely in the face of reality. And so fine, but then you need the strength. But the strength one, when you put that out, the day after this post, so it has to be combined together, got like one-tenth the traction. People don't want to hear the other side of the mental health story. They just want to hear, oh, isn't this nice? Isn't this lovely? But it's like, this isn't going to serve you. You need mm. both of these kinds of things and everything in between. This shit's difficult. You can't solve it with platitudes. And fuck, like, yeah, rant out. See ya. Social media is very much uh, a soundbite platform at the moment, I think. Just like kind of what yeah. you and Rich said. It's like, people like to say, I have anxiety. I have depression. It's like, you've just said that phrase. Like, there's yeah. no context behind it in the slightest. And like it's yeah, the same with like loads of things, the personal training, for example. So yeah, I, I can understand how that gets yeah. completely it's like, like sometimes people like want to have a problem with themselves so that they'll get attention from like other people about That's it. That's literally it. Yeah. And the worst like, thing oh, is as well, I've right? Got really bad anxiety, and then and then everyone floods in to like offer support, and then you feel really good about yourself when mm. you, you don't have a. There's nothing wrong with you. There's like there's nothing wrong with being like, hey guys, I'm in a really good place. <laughs> yeah it's also that you know feeling a bit shitty and having a poor time in your life is an inescapable part of being human if you plan on living any longer than three months and that doesn't necessarily constitute a moment of anxiety or depression like yeah. that could be a perfectly normal response to bad things and I don't know, because I don't fucking know you, right? So I don't know whether these things are, are real for you, whether they're you being a pussy. That's a possibility, by the way. We don't like calling that as a thing, but that's a possibility. There are some pathetic people who need to actually learn some resolve and they actually need to be exposed to challenges in order to develop that part of themselves. If no one's read Nassim Taleb's Anti-Fragile, you guys ever read Anti-Fragile? Um, no, no, no. Here's, here's, here's a concept by Nassim Taleb, right? So we have, in psychology, you often hear of the term resilience, right? That it is good, we need to foster resilience. But to be resilient is to be an object that doesn't change regardless of what happens to it. That's a resilient object, right? If I drop some plastic, it's pretty resilient. It doesn't, it doesn't change, it doesn't grow, it doesn't smash. 
If I have a vase and I drop it, it's fragile. Stress to a fragile object destroys it, makes it worse, etc. Stress to a resilient object doesn't change it. The opposite of fragile is not resilient. The opposite of fragile is anti-fragile, something that grows in response to stress. Your immune system, for example, is an anti-fragile system. If we don't expose you to anything, you actually end up being worse off in the long run. Turns out that peanut allergies have increased a shitload since we started removing peanuts from everything because people don't build up a small tolerance to it. And so that backfires. That's an unintended consequence. Well, what's the unintended potential consequence of fostering a community that doesn't appreciate strength in any facet, that just goes for the vulnerability? We end up seeing this sort of victimization Olympics where everyone rushes for the, the worst thing about their life and what they can put up on their totem pole of like, look how shitty my life is, mine shittier than this person's over here. It's like, there's an unintended consequence of that potentially that we encourage more fragility in people. And that amplifies potentially the mental health crisis. And we have to go into this going, okay, human beings are potentially anti-fragile. They can grow. If we put kids through reasonable amounts of stress, not neglect and beating the shit out of them and selling them into slavery, but if they experience sporting challenges and they have to sit with questions sometimes and do some exams and they're like, ah, I'm getting this wrong and not just run away from that moment. Those things are all developmentally good for the individual kind of going through it. But okay, well, how do we have that conversation at the same time as having a conversation about vulnerability and about actual mental health and about the fact that you're contemplating killing yourself and life doesn't seem bearable to you anymore because suicide isn't about wanting to kill yourself it's about not being able to live that's a different thing and these are hard conversations they're nuanced they're multifaceted and social media is not a great place for nuanced discussion of stuff mm. and by the way and then if you don't agree with what the person's saying just unfollow them never be exposed to those ideas again that's bad for you that surely won't backfire and create terrible echo chambers of just nazis over here communists over here and wankers over there yeah, definitely won't. That won't happen at all. Like, no, you need to be able to tolerate differing views. Now, I'm not saying you should follow everything that differs with you, maybe, but maybe, I don't know, 10% of your feed should be people you disagree with who at least articulate themselves well, who put out ideas that you're like, yeah, that's not quite where I see the world, but I can at least appreciate how they're saying it, how they're phrasing it. Because if you never see that, that ain't good for you. And there's another rant out. See you guys later. No, I, I completely agree with yeah. that with, with, with regards to social Good. media. You very much, and we've like we briefly discussed it just within the rounds of training, but like you follow a select amount of people who work under said ethos, under whatever that may be, and then you just get suggested posts from other people who they follow, and you kind of end up in this, like I said, this bubble where you only ever see this one opinion. And um, I don't know if you guys watched the uh, Netflix doc documentary, The Social Dilemma, where it kind of explained how um, like Facebook works, the algorithm, you end up seeing people yeah. with similar views. And it was like, you know, um, the example was an American. It was like, how do you have these two parties who think the others are completely like insane and opposing? Yeah. As they see how much like time they spend on social media, they only view that one opinion. Obviously, they might see the extremes and not agree with the extremes, but they're just going to see that their opinion is right. And the other one is just nothing to do with it. Completely wrong. When you've actually got two groups of people, most of whom are probably relatively intelligent and relatively logical and thinking, but they've just kind of been coaxed into these bubbles just the demonization of the other. If you disagree, you must be an evil human. There's a good um, moral psychologist called Jonathan Haidt who has a book called The Righteous Mind. Uh, Why good people are divided by politics and religion is the subheading of that. But he's got some cool stuff on, on those types of things. And yeah, I think social media is amplifying that.
that social dilemma thing was interesting because they were they were saying like say you live in uh like a republican area the fact that most of the people that live there are republicans if you were to type like politics into google because of the area you're in it would bring up lots of stuff about republicans and you're almost even if you you've never you don't know anything about politics because of the area that you live and the way that algorithms work and if you were to just type it in everything would be about republicans and then you're instantly drawn into that side of it you don't get to see the other side yeah and social media is like that isn't it depending on who i mean we spoke about the whole training to failure versus rir thing yeah uh, and those two camps if you're a training to failure guy you'll end up following everybody that trains to failure and then if you bump into a bloke that does rir you're like well mate don't don't even come near me <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> JP would be disappointed in you. You can go fuck yourself. It's <laughs> a shame. Why aren't you wearing flip-flops in the gym? Like, <laughs> what are those, lifting shoes? Fuck's yeah. sake, get out of here. Yeah, like, <sighs> I only lift in socks and sliders. <laughs> get out of here. Gym uh, jandals. Sam, you've been very quiet. I have, haven't I? That might yeah. be the first time I've heard you. quite nice, actually. It's probably why we've flown quite well. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, for the first 10 minutes of the podcast, I don't know whether my microphone actually worked. I've got, a, oh, by the way, just to prove, by the way, that we are actually getting serious on this podcast, I've actually got myself a nice little uh, microphone. Oh, here he is. That's, yeah. that's coming handy yeah. this episode. <laughs> getting, your, getting your 100 quid's worth, aren't you? <laughs> well, you know, now that I'm a full-time hashtag online coach wanker, I've got to take this shit seriously, haven't I? So, uh, Paul, do you still do one-to-one PT? Yeah. I mean, not at the moment, but yeah. Uh, but literally, like, I've reduced that down to, like, 10 hours a week. Like, I like doing a small amount, but the idea of going back to, you know, the days of 40 hours of, of client sessions, yeah. like, I'd, I'd rather shoot myself in the face than watch that many people squat. Uh, like, and also, you run out of conversation. You're like, there's only so many times you can ask someone what they've done with their weekend or tell the story of what you've done with your weekend. Like, there's, they, they get really monotonous. But I like a small amount. Yeah, I think I think most of us are in the same except for Sam, like three of us in the same situation. I think a lot of people in the industry are kind of gravitated to either full time online or a hybrid of the two at least. Just doing full time online would also bore me a little bit though. Like just yeah. sitting in front of my computer all day is like. So basically, you think Sam's boring? Oh yeah, sure. we all think Sam's boring. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to argue. I'm not going to argue. Just bragging about his mic. So I mean, that tells me. I'm actually falling victim now. I'm actually becoming the genuine online coach wanker that I thought I was against. Have you got a ring light? No, at the moment he's got some kind of battery. Uh, I might do. I might do. I might not. Hang on. He's got a <laughs> ring light. He's, he's got a ring light. Yeah, he's got a ring light. He has. Oh. Could, I, could this episode be cancelled and not be put out? I don't want to be associated with this. Well, just, well, I'll edit him out. I'll edit him out. It's fine. <laughs> and he's going to Dubai in May. Oh, well, I, I'm just losing this battle the entire time, on Fuck's sake! You go to the bar, just mean like everyone who was hammering on about why we need gyms open and mental health is really important. <laughs> and the second they went to Dubai to go train themselves, they didn't give a shit anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny that. As if they actually never gave a shit about mental health anyway, and was just using it as a cool way to kind of like steer a conversation in the direction that they wanted. Yeah, it's like yeah. they wanted the gyms to be open. Slash. Yeah, it's almost like that. Yeah. Or well, the second they found a gym that would like house them for whatever their training is, like yeah, I don't care anymore. It's fine. You you guys stick to your bands. Oh, that's not cool. going to this good. Subject. We could be here for a while. Fucking hell. 
Love it. This is what you've become. This is where you're going. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally a glimpse into my future, isn't it? Mm. Give me two more years and about five thousand more followers, and then I'll I will be that guy. I'm, I'm looking forward to the journey. It's gonna be it's gonna be an honor to watch. The moment but, Sam posts a coffee, a picture of himself drinking a coffee, staring pensively into the distance, <laughs> but not looking at the camera. Obviously. I he will was just that's living it. his best life. He was just having a good time. Someone happened to accidentally capture this normal day-to-day part of Sam's life. Someone with a DSLR just popped by. <laughs> oh, guys, you just caught me doing check-ins outside the Burj Al Arab. How funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, right. at, this point, at this point in my journey right now, it's, it's literally a situation where I've either got to die a hero of the online coaching world or I just live long enough to see myself become the villain that I don't want to be. Yeah, that's what it is. is what, and it's going to be the latter. It's going to be the latter. Yes, yeah. I already you wouldn't even be the hero uh, in the first place. You're one of the good ones, Sam. There are good online coaches out there. You're one of them. Was he was was <laughs> was we're, we're gravitating towards that. But as I now get to a point where I'm maxing like my capacity, I'm getting to a point now where I'm just becoming the villain. So I'm even the phrase maxing my capacity hurt, like offends me to be honest. Just sounds like a wankery phrase, really, doesn't it? Sounds like the kind of phrase of someone who moves to Dubai. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> mm. You're the worst. Shame. I actually, I literally Shame. hate talking about business or anything of that sort because then I just actually put myself in that position where I become those online coaches who just do nothing but talk about the money they're making. I just Absolutely. fucking hate it. Yeah, I hate that as well. You should always just like casually put your Rolex into shots as well, <laughs> like you're doing. Oh, yeah. He says as he does that. Just them, that's right. <laughs> You're gonna make a point, make a point. Yeah, just picture yourself in your car that definitely isn't on finance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Sam, do you call a roll a cob? Yeah. Where the fuck are you from? What? From the Midlands, mate. I'm in Nottingham. A cob? Cob. Yeah, like a bacon cob, sausage cob. Nah, mate, that's corn. That's not a word. No. What do you call? Sweet corn that's yeah. eaten with a little stick in each side. Yeah, you don't call it corn. In that's a, corn, on the corn on the roll. <laughs> yeah, there's corn on the roll. That's a cob. Corn on the roll. Wait, hang on. So, 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 come on, bring me a tweet. What does everyone call everything? So what's a cob to you guys? A roll. A roll? The, the so, only thing when, that you north, only when you go further north, there's a bread cake. Like, what the fuck is that? You think I'm bad, but what the fuck is a bread cake? A, a what cake? What? Do you not know about this? In the like in the north, like Newcastle way, they call shit and like Yorkshire, they call like rolls, cobs or whatever. They call them bread cakes. Right. This is not well, really the interesting part kidding. of today's conversation. Uh, I mean, that, that tells you how poor that part of the world really is. Isn't it? <laughs> never, in my, never in my life did I think that I'd be educating a well, Muslim. A white roll. This is cake, lads. Let's put candles on it and sing happy birthday. <laughs> you do a fucking small finger roll. Piss off. <laughs> Oh dear! Like this is starting to look like you know, sounds basically on the podcast as like some form of like community service that we've got to do. <laughs> and how many more episodes do we do? What a cob! I've never come across that one. That one's new. Well, at some point, Sam will will invite a guest on, and Sam can do all the talking. Mate, yeah, this fancy new mic. Yeah, with my fancy new mic, which I didn't pay for, by the way. Sophie bought it. Oh, oh no, blame the missus. Blame the missus. You brought the ring light as well, it was not me. To be fair, two no. of the muscle mammals lads live in Nottingham or around that area. So, you know, they should know this. Yeah, see, yeah. Uh, yeah. when I started coaching with James, he put a, a burger in my meal plan and he said the word cob. Did it? I'm, really? I'm giving him shit. Yeah. 
He said, I've got a burger in here for you with a, with like a cob. And I thought, hey. so hang on, hang on. This is a guy who can tell you pretty much fucking everything about every exercise, but he can't tell you what a fucking roll is called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not right. Yes. I'm leaving the company on that alone. Yeah, to be yeah, like, James has forgotten more about like fitness and nutrition than I've learned. And he can't call a fucking roll right. Bullshit, mate. You've been had. You've been had. You know it's, all, it's also I not why like... I'm getting victimized here when there are people in the north that call this shit bread cakes. Like that's far worse. Let's be real. But mate, you can't you can't take that argument. It's like just saying like I banged a line of coke in the in the toilets at work, but at least it wasn't heroin. Exactly. You can't take that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And Good argument. I'll give you that. Yeah, both are shit. That's really what we're saying. Uh, <laughs> and it's like you know the word is roll you know, it's not like you're from the fucking middle of the amazon rainforest and have never heard anyone use the word roll like you know the word stop being a twat i'm not giving right. up it's cob i'm staying with that i'm sticking to my guns okay cool oh, oh, and if i've got two of the other bigger muscle mentors on my side as well i'm going with that true you do james is big who's the other big northern one callum oh is he I thought he was from. He's Canada. not, but he's, he's up that way. Okay. Well, the good so thing is, is that you could take the piss out of Callum, being as he's now so big, I don't think he can fit through doors. Yeah, he, he wouldn't be able to chase you. you. Yeah, he wouldn't catch you. <laughs> you could run. Now, if he catches you, you're pretty fucked, but you could, I, yeah, I'm taking yeah. my chances. I can outrun him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to take that gamble just in case. Yeah, literally, know. King Kong stunt double. <laughs> James would be problematic over a short distance, but then his yeah. knees would fail. Like, he's quite explosive, isn't he? he, he have he, you seen that picture of him playing basketball in his younger, leaping yeah, like 18 foot in the air? I was like, what? He does like an unreal slam dunk. Yeah. But then I he's not really um, so you, short distance. Get past the four yards. He's I've seen I've on quite a few the Muscle Mentors Q&As. People ask who out of the Muscle Mentors would win in like the 100 metre dash. Are you going to be added to that mix now? Is that going to be... Is that yeah, gonna it's going to be interesting to find out. Alex. You should make an event out of it. I reckon, I'm, 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 I'm 100% down for this. <laughs> no, this is brilliant because this is going back to the Larry Wills thing. I watched this <laughs> thing where you, you guys are familiar with the NFL combine. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm one of these people where like, I just love watching freaks do like freaky athletic shit. shit, whether it's like um, 225 or 100 kilos if you're normal, um, bench test and like things like 40, meet, 40 yard dash and all this and sprinting. And they took, this, um, they took this guy from the NFL and like, right, we're going to get him to do a sprint versus a bodybuilder. The, I can't remember who the bodybuilder was, but he made it 20 yards before he tore his hamstring. <laughs> and like, I'm just waiting to see like, you know, just, just basically the injuries that would occur if there were like a muscle mentors Olympics. If we have an Olympics, other than the weightlifting side, I fancy my chances to beat most of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially if Wada step in. Yeah. Yeah. Alex, I, I don't know what Ryan would be like. No, I think Alex. Alex, Ryan's, is, Alex, Alex, is, yeah. Alex is a decent shout. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, have you seen if you've seen Luke play tennis? He's quite agile. Yeah, he is. But he's you know he's also the size of a small fridge. So like, <laughs> he's he's a very good tennis playing fridge. To be fair, like I've never <laughs> seen a fridge play tennis before. So he's he's excellent at that. But if we're taking it outside of the tennis realm. Can you calculate the line of force from the racket? <laughs> I'm going to ask him if he can. Have you, seen, have you seen pictures of Luke, by the way, back in the day when Luke was... Oh, yeah. Let's say. Yeah. yeah they're they're brilliant. Not seen Luke with his mohawk. 
like chunky. You look, you look like what I look like now. Yet, <laughs> basically, you and Luke are like a before and after. Unfortunately, you're the before. <laughs> Here's what you could look like. Yeah. You could be the after Luke had been riddled with some horrendous disease for several months. Yeah. Here's Luke with rickets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, God, that's the second it. time on this podcast we've mentioned rickets and we're only <laughs> five episodes in <laughs> <laughs> oh god this I... thing's absolute fast we'll never get a sponsor <laughs> um, never uh, stop bullying me I'm going to get depressed we're definitely not getting N1 as a sponsor Anyway, I think that's a good place to wrap things up. Yeah, Ricketts. I think Ricketts has ended this conversation Ricketts. very well. We'll put that in the title as well. <laughs> does, does the North have a phrase for a rap? Do you guys call that something different? Or we just ah. have a rap? No, we call it rap. Well, in the Midlands we do. Fuck knows what they do in the Super North. Super inconsistent in that case. I either start coming up with different words for everything or tag out. Yeah, we'll just be aligned with the rest of us. Oh, right. I'm sure that Paul has got more important things to do than... Probably, uh, yeah. More <laughs> than us, I think. Inky shit with his skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, mate, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Pleasure, pleasure. Pleasure, pleasure, mate. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. You live up beautifully to the names, so that's nice. Thank uh, you. <laughs> Thank no you. false advertising here. And uh, where can our tens of fans find you? All tens of fans can find me on Instagram, basically. So Paul underscore the muscle mentors. Search that. You'll find me there. That feels weird. That's the first time I've said that on a podcast. So that's a hey. Oh, there you go. Um, for us. There we go. Uh, so yeah, on there um, or at the muscle mentors, you'll see the rest of the boys through that stuff as well. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. Excellent. Thanks for having me, lads. I look forward to talking shit in the future. Sensational. Hey. Cheers. <laughs>